Welcome to Ease, the entertainment and showbiz experiences podcast. It's all things entertainment based, how to get into it and how to develop it into something once you are ready to move on. All the information people didn't tell you, forgot to tell you, or were too busy to tell you, all told through personal experiences. Welcome back, everybody. This is Ease Podcast. This week, we have special guest and friend Stephanie Hinksenberg joining us. Stephanie was a casting director for Stiletto Entertainment. She actually gave me my very first job on cruise ships and started my whole cruise journey. We sit down and discuss Radio City Christmas Spectacular, being a swing and what it takes, her new projects Broadway Fit, and a whole bunch more. We then discuss holistic wellness and how it changed her life and mine. I'm so excited to finally do this interview. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's one-on-one with my friend, Stephanie Hengstenberg. Welcome, Stephanie. How are you? Oh, I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm, I'm actually so excited to have you on uh, and let everybody know about your amazing story and how we first met. And um, so let everybody know who you are and what, and what are you doing? So, well, um, my name is Stephanie and I am, let's see, that's a bit of a complicated (laughs) (laughs) question at this point. So, um, my journey has been very eclectic and I have found that I have landed in a space where I am really passionate and enjoying helping people with their health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And, um, it is a very holistic practice for me. Mm -hmm. And I never, ever, ever would have thought that this is where I would land starting where I started. So um, that is kind of what I'm doing. I have two beautiful children that are 15 and almost 13, if you can imagine. Wow. I know. I know. I knew you when the first one was born. Um, My fantastic and very supportive husband and I um, live here in North Texas. And, um, we are here just making the best of this crazy time in our lives and helping our children grow into really amazing, individual, exciting people Mm -hmm. and, um, doing the best that we can to create what we want to create for our now and for our future. Yeah. So that our dreams can come true once the kiddos kind of get off and start doing their dreams that we can go back to live in some of our other. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I can't wait to talk to you about this, uh, this holistic practice you're talking about because I actually have have done it and participated in it and I can't wait to discuss it. But um, so interesting is because you and I met in entertainment. So let's discuss yeah. a bit about how who Stephanie was as a kid and how you actually got into this, this entertainment business. To oh, begin with. I love that part. Okay. So I knew I wanted to dance when I was three. Mm-hmm. There was a local like festival in downtown Louisville, Texas. Oh, okay. And so you actually grew up in Texas. <laughs> I did grow Perfect. up in, in Texas. In fact, I grew up in the house where my parents still live <gasps> about 20 minutes away from where we live now. Oh, awesome. Exciting. So in fact, we saw them last night, which was really nice. Um, uh, yeah. So I went to this festival with my mom and my dad and my brother and uh, I was three and I pointed at the girls on the maid stage and mm-hmm. I said, I want to do that. And she said, you have to wait till you're four. And I think that's because she was pregnant at the time with my other brother and <laughs> couldn't imagine trying to get me 
to go to class. So I started dancing when I was four at a small studio, uh, grew up with them, um, left them when I could drive and danced with Ballet Dallas for a year, mm-hmm. uh, recognized very quickly that being a ballerina was not my path, mm-hmm. um, and uh, decided musical theater was the way I wanted to go. So nice. I uh, graduated from Louisville High School and went to Sam Houston State University, where they did not have a musical theater program yet, but they mm-hmm. were promising me that there was one coming. So I went to Sam Houston with a dance scholarship and danced with them for a year and then moved over into musical theater in my second year. Uh, Graduated in four years, absolutely loved my time there, Mm -hmm. left with a massive ego and and then um, started working. I was actually working professionally while I was at school. There was Mm -hmm. a fantastic outdoor theater, um, summer stock theater down in Galveston, Texas that I danced at um, my years in between my sophomore and junior and junior and senior year, something like that in college. Mm -hmm. And that was my first real foray into professional theater. I -hmm. had done regional theater and, you know, community theater and stuff like that before that, but this was my first professional gig and really loved it. Had a great time, met some amazing people, um, learned what it was like to do the job with very little yeah. because the budget yeah. was very small and just, you know, you pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you make it work. Yeah. Um, and then graduated from Sam Houston, um, immediately did a regional tour of the music man. As oh, nice. Band. Yeah, with the Dallas Summer Musical. So I did that and then was hired as a dancer singer for Norwegian Cruise Lines. Gotcha. Did two contracts with them and um, was able to pay off my student debt mm-hmm. through that contract, which I think is extremely important for people to hear nowadays. Um, yeah. And then um, after I was finished with that job, I moved up to New York. Okay. Lived there for mm-hmm. a year, uh, got the got, was cast as a swing for the Radio City Rockettes Christmas Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Had no idea what a swing was, but <laughs> I was cast as one. Uh, you should have seen my face the first day of rehearsal. I was dumbfounded. My eyeballs could not get any bigger. I was like, what is my job? Um, so that was exciting and fun. Uh, did that job. Decided after that, I, I had reconnected with the man that I am uh, blessed to be married to now. And yeah. we, we met in college and he was in LA and I was in New York and we reconnected there and New York, the energy of New York was just not for me. Sure. It was a little too much for my, for my personal energy. And I have a theory about that. I have a theory now that I've been away from it a long, long enough that yeah. the actual electricity that is uh-huh. generated from the subway system because it's an island and so you have all this actual electricity man-made that's in mm-hmm. the in the ground and it's conducted by all this water that it really heightens the vibration so to speak yeah. the energetic vibration of the city and so then therefore people respond in a very different way yeah um, and for me it i was already a highly energetic person and so it just kind of took me up off the scale, whereas I have <laughs> other friends that are, 
lower energy people that yeah. it kind of raised them up and they could maintain living there for a long time. But for me, it did not work. Um, yeah. So I left after doing one season of Radio City and going back and recognizing that it wasn't for me. Oh, I have a great audition story from that too. Perfect. I know that afterwards, but um, <clears throat> I just decided it was time for me to make a change. So I left and moved across the country to LA where uh -huh. my husband Bill was living and did not have any idea what I was going to do in LA, but thought, hey, why not? Sure. Uh, did Radio City again, did a couple of odd jobs there. And then that's when I found Stiletto Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And that was because Tracy Chadova Wood, who is one of the beautiful choreographers and teachers from Stiletto, she and I did Radio City together. She was right. a rocket and I mm -hmm. was a swing. So she introduced me to the company and um, very grateful for that. So I went in wanting to be a teacher and to you know put people on ships and um they said we don't need you to do that we need you to do other things and i said okay so i started in more of an admin role and then moved into production and then into casting and casting was my favorite mm -hmm. um had my son had our son um and recognized that the stress of that job was no longer what I could handle and be a sane mother at the same time. Sure. Yes. <laughs> so that's when I started looking for what else is Stephanie going to do? And I started to have that umbilical cord pull to come back home, mm -hmm. Texas. And um, so found myself doing all kinds of things. I did sell cars for a while because I thought, well, I can do that anywhere. Um, and somebody had told me that they thought I would be good at it. So I gave it a shot. Yeah. And, oh gosh, it was awful. Um, <laughs> it was awful. I lasted seven months in that job. And then I remember somebody from Stiletto calling me and saying, Hey, you know, I know you, you left and, but we have this other position and I could not say yes fast enough. I was yeah. like, I don't care what it is. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Yeah. So came back for a while and then found another position um, that I thought would be a better solution for for me to potentially transfer back to Texas. Sure. Mm -hmm. So left, went into that kind of corporate role. Um, it was still in a creative aspect. I was helping create like craft kits mm -hmm. that went to Michael's and Joanne's, like the little kids craft kits that you would Cool. Create. I was helping with that for a while. And then they were the ones that ultimately moved us to Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, they had me come to Texas to help the vice president of sales to run her showroom. And then that turned into a more sale, uh, more of a sales position. Mm -hmm. And then they sold. I moved to a, this was crazy. I was an office manager in a medical office. See? Yeah. Sure was. Sure was. I was like, my friend needed a job. She was a doctor and she needed an office manager. And I said, well, I need a job and I'm sure I can figure that out. Yeah. So did that for four and a half years, wanted to get out after about one year. Mm -hmm. um, but God left me there for a reason and then um, moved over. Oh, I did have my daughter before we left. I neglected her. So sorry about <laughs> that. Holy cow. Um, she was born before I went over to creativity, which was that, that job that brought us to Texas. Yeah. Uh, then I, um, after four and a half years of working at the doctor's office, an option opened up for me where my husband works. Mm -hmm. 
which is another creative uh, business. They do internal training for big corporations. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they needed an office manager. And so I moved over into that position. And then during that time was when I was introduced to the health and wellness company that mm-hmm. you and I both know that I love and um, had a complete physical transformation, mm-hmm. mental transformation, felt mm-hmm. like I got my life back. And um, there were some other medical things that had happened back in 2009 that had caused me to kind of gain a bunch of weight and just feel awful. Mm-hmm. And so I got my body back and my mind back. And um, after, I don't know, two and a half years of being at that company, I decided, you know what, I think it's time for me uh, to, to shift and to move into this holistic health coaching, so to speak, Mm -hmm. position and try that out for size and see if I can make a go of it. I left corporate in 2018 and have really enjoyed helping people ever since then. It's really been amazing to be able to be home with my kids. Um, They say that when they're young, you want to be home with them, but when they're older, you need (laughs) to be home with them. And so I really enjoyed to be able to have the choice and the chance to be home with them during this time when, you know, they may not need me to feed them, but right. I need to be here. Yeah, of course. Um, and especially during this whole pandemic yeah. thing that's happening, more families are connecting at a level that they didn't oh, think was possible before. Very much so. Very much so. So mm-hmm. anywho, so I am now doing that and that's kind of led me into all kinds of fun things that I have been able to do in the last two and a half years. Um, and it's, it's getting better. I have returned to my musical theater roots by creating a dance fitness class. Yeah. Which is very fun called Broadway Fit. And uh, I'm working on the website for that right now to create something to where anybody anywhere can take my class. They don't Mm -hmm. have to be in the studio with me or on a Zoom. And um I've got a couple of other things hopping that bring me back to my musical theater roots as well. Very exciting, you know, masterclass ideas, mm-hmm. um, ideas for continuing education for people, uh, lots of things that are in the hopper. Yeah. So now it's the challenge of which one do we pick today? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which one do we work on first? So that's yeah. been, it's been a lot of fun. I um. Thank you for sharing all those things. For for me, when I was listening to it, I always think back to what people say that entertainers and dancers, well, dancers and entertainers in general have this determination and this um, diversity level that they're able to do and they really can transform themselves into anything because they've already done that in their own personal life. They've really regimented themselves to be on a strict routine or a strict um, schedule. So they're able to take all of the knowledge that they have from entertainment or that they've learned and really kind of shape it into anything, whether that being an office manager, you know, you really can take a lot of skills that you have as an entertainer and interject those into this new setting. I cannot agree more. In fact, I have a speech or masterclass or however you want to put it mm-hmm. that is strictly revolved around that mm-hmm. that if more corporations understood the benefits of hiring someone who has 
been in the entertainment business, mm -hmm. it, the skills that they learn, that we learn in those positions are things that people that go to college to learn, for example, a business degree, mm -hmm. they're not going to get the same soft skills, so yeah. to speak. They're just not. So, uh, and I find that anyone that I have had to hire or work with that has had musical, not musical theater, but, you know, just entertainment in general, mm -hmm. uh, they, they have a moldability, mm -hmm. if you will, to just mold to the situation and learn Yeah, really everything that they need to learn to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they're going to be more fun doing it too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be and, honest. And when it boils down to it, as us as entertainers, we've we've really been our a, a salesperson, a business person, accountant, um, just to name a few things. You know, for your own personal brand, because ever you go to auditions and it's just you, you have to sell yourself, you have to market right. yourself, you have to do all of these things. Right. As as, as an artist. And sometimes we forget that and we don't necessarily put that on, on a resume. It's hard to say, oh, I've really done that for, I've done all these things for the past 20 years, but right. how do you explain that that was you doing it for yourself? Yeah, that's, that you're absolutely right that that's very difficult to put onto a resume. I also think along those same lines that this is part of what some colleges, I won't say all colleges and universities, mm -hmm. but some colleges and universities are missing. Yeah. Um, because that business acumen, mm -hmm. um, the nuts and bolts of the business part of show business is, is something that isn't taught enough. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I'm a prime example of that because I left with all the talent that I needed, but some of the things that would have helped me go further faster, mm -hmm. I didn't know mm -hmm. because it just was not taught to me in my, in my school. So. No, agreed. And I, and I'm the same way. I, I went to school and I did the whole college thing and I, uh, I felt like I was, became a more well-rounded performer and uh, right. I, I was able to hone my voice on what I wanted to, to do. Mm -hmm. But getting into the real world was a different, a whole different story. I didn't, yes. I didn't understand what I needed to, to take my own brand to the next level. Agreed. Completely agreed. And I know that for one thing, I have been back to my alma mater. Mm -hmm. I actually had the ability before this pandemic shut everything down uh, they hired me to come back and do a masterclass on mindfully auditioning, mm -hmm. which is very important. And I'm very passionate about mindfully auditioning. And then what do you do when you're done? Yeah. So what do you do when you're ready to, to put up your shoes and not put on a costume again? How, what do you do? What's the next step? And um, that was wonderful. And when I was there, I found out that they are actually doing a much better job now uh however many years ago <laughs> <laughs> however many years later um than than they did when i was there about preparing people for that so i was happy to hear that but traveling around while i was ho holding auditions for stiletto mm -hmm. for all that time and going to different colleges it was a stark difference you could see the colleges that were teaching people what they needed to know in order to show up as a professional 
mm-hmm. and other col- the other places that weren't. Yeah. Do you think um, some of that can be taught? I know you started at such a young age in Texas. Do you think some of the, some of that information could can be and should be interjected at, a, at an earlier age, maybe around the high school or middle school level? Absolutely. I don't yeah. see why not. I, I mean, I think that, you know, well, I mean, if you're comparing it to any other category of work, mm-hmm. they don't really talk about any other category of work during middle school. So to right. so much. I mean, they mm-hmm. start to introduce it, but they don't really dive any, dive deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that more in high school mm-hmm. that, that I'm seeing, at least from my small perspective of what they're doing here in my city. Um, but yeah, I think that would be an excellent thing because, and I've actually done some one-on-one coaching for some kiddos who are here in my city that are 15, 16 years old. And they, you know, this was before the pandemic. And so they, you know, wide-eyed and ready to go, but not really understanding all that entails of them getting into the business right after high school. So Mm -hmm. helping them to understand some key um, business qualities and things that you can do to really prepare yourself uh, for creating goals and going back and, you know, stepping back from that goal and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, how how am I going to get there? You know, that, that kind of, that kind of business mentality that, yeah. To be honest, I didn't even really think of until two years ago. Yeah, when you sit back, when you have that chance to sit back and look at it with a, a non, non-stressed lens, you really, it really kind of makes everything much clearer. Absolutely. You're totally right. Um, but then you said you did your first job after college and you were at NCL. Was that with Jean Ann Ryan or was that a... Yes, it was. Yes. I was a jar star, baby. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, I was uh, with Jean Ann. Um, and it was such a great, it was such a great, I mean, geez, working on a ship, once you get off of it, you have a different perspective, I think. Sure. You know, different. You can, you can appreciate, again, you can appreciate things in hindsight, I think a little bit, but um, I was very much missing my family when mm-hmm. I was out on the, on the ships and just didn't, just didn't see myself going any further after two contracts. Yeah. I think that I had a lot more growing to do and uh, personally and mm-hmm. in, in, a, in, a, in a space like that, it was hard for me mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so, but I mean, the things that I saw and the experiences that I had and the people that I met and the shows that I got to do and, mm-hmm. and shift and change because, you know, of the seas and the, you know I mean? yeah. just, mm-hmm. you know, all of, all of that. Um, it really taught me a lot. Yeah. And it was fun. And you, may, you mentioned making quick adjustments um, in your career, in your life. And that's what I feel like cruise ship entertainment really makes you um, the forefront of that, you know. Absolutely. Man, if you're not resourceful, yes. oh, you have got to be resourceful when you're on a ship mm-hmm. because there is limited supply. And so you have to deal with what you have and make it work. 
Yeah. I mean, as little as like a costume piece breaking, there aren't extra of things. You can't just go to Walmart or to Michael's to fix this. You have, you know, a piece of gum and an extra feather (laughs) and you have to repair this whole thing. You know, so resourcefulness really comes in handy. Absolutely. And even in, in the shows, you know, sometimes two people of of eight people will be sick or might be injured and then something mm-hmm. else happens and a show that was going to be 14 people is now seven and nice. you you know that that same day you're having mm-hmm. to do things to help yeah. still the performance is still going to go on so how the are you show gonna do it? must go on so yeah. how are you going to make it look full absolutely absolutely yeah. Um, but you yeah. brought up you brought up a really really great interesting point when you talked about um, Norwegian went in the beginning. You said you became debt free while doing your contracts. Mm-hmm. Tell me how that felt and how you did it. Oh my gosh! I how I still have the picture of me holding my last payment voucher, mm-hmm. and I can viscerally remember the feeling that I had when that was the last sucker I was sending in. Um, yeah. I went now to put things into perspective a little bit, I went to a public Texas school mm-hmm. that was in state for me. So mm-hmm. my debt was significantly lower than some of the folks that are going to some of these other schools that are out of state or that sure. are more expensive, all of that to be said. And um, the loans that I had required me to pay them off while I was in school. Oh. So I had a discipline of, even if it was just like $50 a month, I still Mm -hmm. had to pay $50 a month towards my loans while I was in school. So getting the job on the ships, um, you know, because, because of the situation, because of the fact that I did not have a car at home, Mm -hmm. I did not have rent that I was paying at home. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I did the only debt that I had was my school debt. So uh, and I abhor debt. Like I really do. I mm-hmm. know that I know now that debt can be helpful to mm-hmm. an adult, but that kind of debt is, is not. And, uh, in my opinion, and so as much money as I could put towards my school loans, I did. And so I was, I was one month into my second contract. So let's say seven months. Mm-hmm to my cruise ship career when I paid off my loan. That's incredible. It was, it was, it was, it felt amazing. And then I was able to save, you know, $5,000, which Mm -hmm. that was half of what I wanted to move to New York with, but it was still $5,000, which was Mm -hmm. great. And so I was able to move to New York in a financial position where I could afford to pay my first and last month's rent. And I could, you know, Mm -hmm. afford to feed myself and things like that, that, uh, that I know is such a struggle for so many, but I, I don't, I do, I, that is part of what I cannot stress enough and really hope that this pandemic, you know, that the entertainment on cruise ships comes back sooner rather than later when everything comes back around, because it, it freed me. Mm -hmm it freed me to be able to make choices for myself that I, in, a, in any other circumstance, I don't know if I would have been able to, because if you leave school and you don't 
don't go on a cruise ship. What do mm-hmm. you do? You have to go find an apartment. Yeah. You, you know, depending on where you live, you have to find a, a car and then you're paying insurance on your car and you have to feed yourself. And there's all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. But living on a cruise ship, you don't have all of those things. Yeah. So those expenses that you normally would have coming out of college, you don't have. Sure. So your money can just can, you know, mm-hmm. now I do know people that went on ships and ended up drinking everything away and, you know, spending and squandering all of their money. And they certainly didn't have the same discipline that I did. Um, But I think that it set me up financially for, um, you know, even to this day, my husband and I are in the minority of people who our only debt is our home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we don't have credit card debt. We don't, we own both of our cars, you know, stuff like that. So it, it just set me up for a discipline financially Mm -hmm. that has allowed us to have a lot more freedom of choice. Yeah. Of course, debt free, especially now is what, you know, a lot of people are striving for. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's, and that's so, so the case, you know, cruise ship uh, entertainers, you're right. There's a discipline that you need because it can be beneficial. The whole entire contract you, I've seen people in one contract pay off everything. And, you know, yeah. and I, I also, I also know the other end of the scale where people <laughs> have done 10 years and they're still in debt because right. of their first couple of years. So right. there is, there's a discipline that goes with it, but yeah. I was exactly the same way. I was able to pay off not necessarily school debt, but debt that I incurred from going to school. Okay. Um, but I did that on my contract and I felt great. I was the same way. I was like, yes, I just paid off my credit card. Oh, it was, it was so invigorating. I remember being at the, at, in the computer room, because at that time we didn't have like wireless internet, you had to be connected. Yeah. And it was something like crazy, like a dollar a minute or something. Yeah. But I needed to go on and I needed to pay my credit card so that it was like done for. And then I, I remember being like so relieved when that yeah. happened. So I, oh, I also yeah. had that. But um, I made somebody like take a, you know, this was before when I was on ships, it was before cell phones too. So I had like, you know, a disposable camera or something. And I was like, somebody take a picture of me holding this voucher because it's the last one I have to say. I just was so excited. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you, it's like you get a new part of your life back, which is always, which is always super fun. But speaking of stiletto um, and being on cruise ships, this is how I met you because you actually gave me my very first professional job outside of college. I had worked in some, I worked with some dance companies while I was in college and I worked previously when I was in high school, but this was like me making a decision coming out of college. If I wanted to dance with a company in Chicago, or if I wanted to go on cruise ships. And it was a, a, an avenue that I never, ever, ever explored. But again, it was, do I want to make money and mm-hmm. see the world or do I want to have that unknown with a company if I want to be living maybe not with a lot of money and having to do a couple of jobs? So I took a leap and, and went with the cruise ship job. But this is how I met you because you were in casting for that. So tell me a little bit about your experience about casting and being on that side of the, of the table. Uh, seriously, my, if you're, if you're ranking the parts of entertainment that I have been able and so blessed to be a part of, because I really, I have worked the way that I like to say it is 
on stage, on the side of the stage and in front of the stage, mm -hmm. uh, you know, or backstage and in front of the stage. Um, that part of holding auditions and finding talent and giving them their first job or the, the choice that I made, which comes back to my audition experience in New York that I mentioned earlier of giving good feedback. Mm -hmm. um, casting was one of my all time favorite things to do. Yeah. And I think that it was because I, I sometimes even felt more pride in my work um, when I would see people like you dancing in a show, you know, once at Stiletto, I know you remember this, is you guys would go through your crazy hellish <laughs> rehearsal time yeah. to learn all of that choreography in such a, sm a, a small amount of time. And then you would perform a show for us in yeah. the studio. And I just remember so many times going back there and feeling just this swell. It was almost like a mom feeling, mm -hmm. just such pride in the people that I had the ability to choose to put together to make this cast. And, um, and so it was amazing. I, um, you know, when I started with Stiletto, I was, I started with making scripts. They wanted okay. me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was putting scripts together and, uh, uh, you know, doing a lot of admin work mm -hmm. and, and, uh, our fantastic uncle Rob, Rob Keith, yeah. uh, took, you know, took me aside and decided to allow me to start helping John Jimenez, who was the casting director at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was going on audition tours with him and, uh, helping him in those auditions and just really enjoying getting, digging into what an audition process was. Sure. And, um, boy, did I love it. I yeah. loved it. And so, yeah, being a casting director for Stiletto for, you know, the better part of six years at traveling around, finding people, it was, it was my all, it's, it's always been my all time favorite thing that I've done. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I even remember the audition um, that I went Did to. Did you audition for me in Chicago? No, I actually auditioned in New York because I went okay. to school in Maryland. And okay. I'll, I'll tell you this. I actually didn't go to audition. I only went with my friend, Karen Kim. She had said to me, I'm going to go to New York. Do you want to go with me? I'm going to go to this audition. I said, yes, because my one of my friends from college had just moved to New York. And I said, this is the perfect time for us to go visit him. So I only went to the audition with her because she wanted me to go support her. <laughs> so I went and lo and behold, I was the one that stayed um, for the callbacks. But this was also the time when they were like recording things. There was discussions about uh, maybe a television program happening from this. So we were in the, this, uh, I remember just being bombarded with camera people and thinking, I didn't even really want to audition for this. <laughs> <laughs> and just like bright eyed and being like, what is happening here? Oh but God. I mean, that was probably in November and I had heard from you, this is my senior year, I heard back from you probably in December and we had been on a path and a journey to like get me on, on a ship. Yeah. And, it, and it was, um, there were a lot of times when I was 
you know, you said, can you go in February? And I was like, no, can you come in March? No, can you come in April? No. And then it finally was like between two ships and I really invested all of my time in college and I wanted to walk the stage. And that was the true deciding factor of what ship I went to. I only, I literally was only at home after college, probably a week before I flew out to LA. Oh my gosh. After college. And it was either go the week before I graduated or go the week after. And I said, I have to walk. I have to walk. And I mean, I was, yes, I do remember this. I do remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you were like, okay, if you take this one, it's going to be, you know, of course the very, the one leaving before was like the world cruise and it was like all these places. And then you were like, okay, if you, if you want to walk, then I have to, you can go on this ship. And I was like, okay, I didn't even know. I didn't know the difference really, <laughs> but it was like a less, it was a more, a, a less of an elaborate itinerary, but the experience that I got and the people that I met on that contract, oh my gosh, it was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm always thankful. And I always look back on that story and think, gosh, what a weird, what, what what weird audition. Been, yeah. Right? But huh? I mean, all the auditions I go to and I managed to get have always had this like weird story behind them. Like, like the stiletto one, I really wasn't there to audition. I just kind of went with a friend. Every time I do that, like I just go with a friend, I always wind up staying. Or if I decide the night before I'm going to go and I don't sleep, I managed to like stay the, the 12 hour rehearsal. So I'm exhausted after like hour uh-huh. three. Uh-huh. But um, those are always the ones that I, I, I have the best success with and have, a, have good stories about. But you mentioned that you have um, a really good Radio City story. I, well, I have two. So yes. I had the same experience with Radio City, mm-hmm. where I went in to audition for 42nd Street, the national tour. Oh, okay. I got there. I got down to Chelsea Studios, and I was like, I was like on the third page of people. So yeah. I didn't have to wait three hours to be seen. And, um, but so I, I put my name down mm-hmm. on the list and I looked down the hallway and Radio City was auditioning and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm sitting around, I might as well go audition for them. Mm-hmm. If I'm not going to do anything else and have to wait for three hours. I might as well. Yeah. And I really believe that that is that mentality of ease. Yep. The mentality of non-stress, you know, you just go into it because, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the times when you shine Yeah, uh, because you are not putting so much stress and effort into God, I've got to get it, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so, yeah, I remember going into Radio City just like, okay, well, sure, I'll do this. And I danced and they kept me and I had to do some partnering with one of my very good friends that was there. And, um, I have no idea how (laughs) in the world they could tell from that audition that I had the, the swing brain. Yeah. So, you know, this is something that uh, a couple of friends of mine or people that I've actually auditioned or hired for work at Stiletto, um, we've been talking about putting together and I'm, I'm actually going to do this next week. Um, I've made the decision. I'm doing it. Um, I'm putting together a swing masterclass. Nice. And it's really going to be the first part of it is just going to be a panel and telling stories about what it's like to be a swing and what the, that first contract was like. I have no idea how they figured out in that audition 
that I had the swing brain, but they did. Mm -hmm. And so they called me and they offered me a job as a swing. And I said, sure. And then they told me how much they were going to pay me. And I said, oh, yes, please. Yes, yes. I'll do that. Yes. Uh, so I do remember going in. I was hired for Detroit. Detroit was my first season. And this was when Radio City still had all of the different cities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, they had the they called them touring, even though they didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, but the, the ones that were outside of, of New York. And uh, I walked in for rehearsal the first day. And um, Scott Mayer was actually nice. the, the boy swing and yeah. I was the girl swing. And he didn't know what he was doing any, either. And so we were in it together. And um, we walked in and it was the first day of rehearsals and one choreographer went, 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 went one way and the other choreographer went the other way. And I'm standing in the back going, who, what, what do I do? Who, mm -hmm. who am I supposed to watch? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? And luckily at the end of that day, we had a great dance captain. She took me aside. She said, okay, I've been in your position before. This is what you do. This is mm -hmm. your job. Yeah. So that was really helpful, but talk about throwing yourself into the fire. Um, but I really strive or I, I, I not strive. That's not the right word. Um, thrived in that situation because I really enjoyed, uh, being able to switch gears. Mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yes. So radio city was definitely one of those, the very first time that I auditioned, it was like, you know, I just went in because I was waiting for 42nd street. Yeah. So I mm -hmm. might as well. And I got the job. Um, and I ended up doing that for three seasons. I probably could have done it for more, but again, I was tied very much to my, my family at home and did not want to miss out on Thanksgiving and Christmas anymore. Yeah. That's, that's one of the kickers sometimes with radio yeah. cities. You really have to devote, you have to yeah. give up those holidays. You really do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and with cruise ship work too. Yeah. I mean, that was the other thing that made me go, okay, two is enough. Two mm -hmm. is enough for me and I'll, I'll go back home now. Um, but my, my other audition story is after I did Radio City the first time, I came back to New York and I was able to, because of the money that I had made, able to not work for a little while, so, yeah. which was nice. And so I just was taking classes and auditioning and I had the beautiful opportunity to audition for, or to do Andy Blankenbuehler's musical theater classes at Broadway Dance Center. Yeah. And for those of you that are listening that do not know, Andy Blankenbuehler has choreographed amazing shows like Hamilton, you know, mm -hmm. just a few things that he's done in his career. And um, uh, it was, it was absolutely wonderful to be able to audition for him. He yeah. asked me to come in. He personally asked me to come in and audition for him for like an off-Broadway production of Red Hot and Blue or something that he was doing. And um, I learned a lot through that audition mm -hmm. process. I learned a lot about me. I learned a lot about my nerves and what my nerves were doing to me mm -hmm. and that I did not have control over them, especially in a situation like that. I mean, talk about polar opposites. I go into Radio City, I don't care, and I get the job. I go into Andy Blankenbuehler's audition and freak out mm -hmm. <laughs> and did not get the job. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was that. But then the very last really, and this was so telling for my step into casting was this particular story. I auditioned for the very first national tour of Swing. Okay. Which is a wonderful, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
know, very fun show, very high intensity for the dancers. Um, lots of injuries coming out of that show, mm -hmm. but um, seven different partner dances. And I was smitten. I saw the show and I was like, this, I would love to do this show. So I go into audition for the first national tour and they call me back. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then I went to that callback and they called me back. And then they went to that callback and they called me back. So with, within the span of, gosh, I don't even know how long it was, but a short amount of time, they called me back eight times. Mm. I learned every single type of partner yeah. dancing in that show. And they did tell me that they were looking at me as a swing for swing because yeah. they knew that I had swing experience. And then I did not get cast. Mm -hmm. And I never knew why. Mm. And I knew that in the very last audition, they partnered me with a guy. And I could tell he wasn't a fantastic partner. Yeah. Um, by the way that I was dancing with him, he just wasn't aware of me. And I, I was trying to read him and it, we just weren't dancing really well together. Mm -hmm. And at this one point he threw me in this one move that we were supposed to do. And he threw me up and he threw me sideways. And so I fell and fell wrong mm -hmm. and like landed on my butt. And so made a mistake in the, in this last audition. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know, you know, I, you, I still don't know to this day what mm -hmm. happened. So that really drove me when I got the casting position, that really drove me to give good feedback. So if there was ever someone who wanted good feedback, mm -hmm. on why they either, you know, why they didn't get the job, I was always open to give it to them, mm -hmm. which is rare. It yeah. honestly doesn't really happen. Um, but, you know, I would see amazing, talented people and going back to our, la to one of our points about there's only one costume for the singer yeah and so or the dancer or whatever and so it's a job requirement to fit into that costume mm -hmm. and I would see these amazing singers come in and sing their faces off or see these wonderful dancers come in and dance really beautifully but if they couldn't fit into the costume mm -hmm. that was a problem so it allowed me to have this ability to give feedback in a positive way Mm -hmm. And I know a couple of people really appreciated it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny that you say that story because I had very similar experience with Andy as well. I was, really? yeah. Um, I had went to one of his auditions and again, I didn't, I just went. Yeah. I didn't, there wasn't any like me planning it. I just kind of was like, I'm going to show up to this audition. There was a, there was a lot. I mean, this was after Andy had already choreographed, you know, um, in the Heights and he mm. had just come off of uh, doing that cheerleading one. I can't think of it right now. Um, Bring so it on? He, yeah. Yes. Bring it on? Yes. Yes. Okay. He did that. And so he, his name was, it was evolving and he was doing this, this small musical and I went, there was thousands of people there didn't even think that I was going to get seen. Like you said, three pages later, I might've been five pages later. <laughs> so we was a very short audition, but from there they kept making cuts and we kept learning all these, all these different parts, like you said. And then I didn't think anything of it. 
because right. I went in with just like, oh, this is great, you know, whatever. I flew back to LA to, to teach. And then my agent called me and said, you have an appointment in two days, two or three days to, 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 for this final callback. And I was like, okay. So I flew back to, to New York and did it. And I knew what part I was going to, like I was dancing for, Mm-hmm. Like they had taught us more, more sections, but I knew exactly what part it was going to be for. But I also knew that I could have been a swing for it as well mm. because I was learning multiple parts. And as the evolution happened, I got to the part that I knew I was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was only a few of us left for that part. And like you, I, there was just something that didn't quite click like it did when I was auditioning. And I didn't get the part and I never knew why. And that's one that I was always like, dang it. I wish I knew why I didn't get Mm -hmm. it because I knew I was right. I was towing the finish line for it Mm -hmm. and just didn't follow through. But if, if I got that, then I wouldn't be where I am now. So I'm, I, I'm always, I'm always, always grateful for those experiences because they have taught me things that I, now know and that I can share with other people and I wouldn't have had the experiences that I have now with. with Absolutely. And you know, in what I'm doing now that that's even something that one of my recent mentors told me is that, look, you cannot go, you, you are in this space that you're in for Mm -hmm. the people that are coming behind you that you have to teach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, the trouble or the hardship or whatever lesson you are learning right now it's, it's not because of you. And, um, you know, I know enough now also about journey of your life that certain things, you know, if I had gotten swing on a year long contract on a bus and truck tour, my husband and I would not have been able Mm -hmm. to further our relationship. I would not be working. I would not have worked at stiletto. I would, Mm -hmm. all of these things that I would not have done. So you know, it's interesting when we go into these spaces, you have to, that's why I want to teach people, more people about mindfully auditioning mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so that each audition can be ease. It can come with ease. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can just let the journey be what it is and be grateful for it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so Speaking about journeys and pathways, I, you and I, you said you left, we were talking before we started the podcast, Stephanie left Stiletto around 2007 and I didn't start full time with, um, with Stiletto until around 2008. That's when I moved into the studio and kind of started mm-hmm. teaching for them. So our paths haven't really crossed very much since 2007. Um, but I think a few years ago, we started, I started seeing your name more on social media. And I started seeing your path more and becoming more interested because we started becoming connected with this holistic wellness Mm -hmm. um, program. Tell us a little bit about that and how that's affecting your life right now. Well, interestingly interestingly enough, it's also attached to Stiletto. (laughs) Yeah. um, I, the person who introduced it to me was Kim Stowe, who Mm -hmm was my bestie over at Stiletto that, mm-hmm. um, that we worked, I worked with from a production standpoint and, the, and so did you. Mm-hmm. Um, she introduced it to me and, um, and allowed me to kind of know what it is that she was doing and, 
and I thank God she did. Um, so backing up just a bit in 2009, mm -hmm. I had a surgery to improve the quality of my life. I found out that I had a genetic mutation called BRCA2, which is a very high risk for breast and ovarian cancer. It's the same thing that Christina Applegate has, mm -hmm. um, that Angelina Jolie has. Uh, it's that same genetic muta mutation. So mm -hmm. I found out about that after my daughter was probably one. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the only options for me to not, because my risk of cancer was so, so high, mm -hmm. like in the eighties for wow. uh, breast cancer and then the sixties for ovarian cancer that the, I had two options. One yep. was to, can you hear my son? Just a little bit. Hey, can you be quiet? Sorry, I'm on an interview. Um, so in order for me to lower my risk, um, to what a normal person would have, I only had surgery as an option. Yeah. Other option was like mass surveillance. So every six months I was supposed to go in and get a CAT scan or an MRI. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, that's not healthy at all because mm -hmm. then I'm just going to be waiting for cancer to come. Sure. And what, what is that going to do to my stress level? And does the stress have anything to do with it? Um, yes, I think it does. Mm -hmm. So I decided to have surgery. Yeah. I had a double mastectomy and a full mm -hmm. hysterectomy with reconstruction in 2009. Yeah. So that was so that I could have longevity of life and have a better quality of life while I was doing it. Mm -hmm. um, had that surgery um, was working at the creative company at the time and gosh, I had to go on so many medications Sure, yep. and those medications and the fact that I was now sedentary, I wasn't dancing anymore. Um, very stressed with what was going on in just in life in general. I had two small children. We had just moved to Texas, you know, realizing that we had a grieving process to go through of leaving mm -hmm. LA all of it uh, just caused me to really gain weight. Sure. I wasn't sleeping well. I was stressed, all of it. So from 2009 until 2015, really, those, that, that time frame, those seven years-ish, six years, I just kept gaining weight. Mm -hmm. And it got to the point where I, you know, I was trying to like, embrace the Greek goddess in me yeah. and it just wasn't happening. Like yeah. I felt horrible. I, I, my body wasn't what it used to be. And being a former dancer, I knew what my body could do and could look like, but it just wasn't doing that. So, um, I knew I wanted something to mm -hmm. help me, but I didn't know what it was. And I am not the kind, I wasn't the kind of person that wanted to go like research different methods and figure it all out and try yeah. this and try that. I just wanted somebody to give me like a magic pill yeah. <laughs> and let it all go away. Cause I had too much other stuff going on in my life. Sure. Mm -hmm. And Kimmy called me and she said, we caught up and she said, Hey, 
I'm doing this thing and I got to tell you about it. And I rolled my eyes on the other side of the phone thinking, I don't want to have anything to do with a thing. And she told me her story. And you and I both know that our lovely Kim used to, she should have had stock in Diet Coke. Yeah. She just should have had stock. Like she drank a Diet Coke or two or three a day. And she would drink a pot of coffee every day. And mm -hmm. she was, you know, thin as a rail, but really not, did not have natural energy. Right. And when she told me that this program, this system allowed her to have natural energy without drinking all that stuff, I was like, whoa, okay. So tell me more. So it took a couple of months and then I finally decided, you know what? I'm about to turn 40. Mm-hmm. I was 39. I was about to turn 40 and I wanted to wear a pair of those white skinny jeans for mm -hmm. my birthday and not look like a stuffed sausage. Like that was my goal in life yeah. to get to 40 and wear some of those cute little pants without feeling horrible yeah. or looking horrible in my opinion. And so I decided uh, with the support of my husband to gift myself my first system mm -hmm. and I did it where my my 30 day, my 30th day was my birthday. Nice. So started the system, started putting the products in my body. Now, mind you, my husband was going to do his version of a diet at the same time that I did this to kind of compare. Mm -hmm. But then when I got the system in, he was like, okay, well, I, there's nothing that I can do that can actually compare because there's too much great stuff in what you're about to take. So I'm yeah. not as well with you. Fine. Great. You get your own box. This is mine. Yeah. <laughs> so we got him his own stuff. And it was such an interesting transition because we were not working out at all. Mm -hmm. We were barely hanging on by a thread with our energy. Mm -hmm. And by day six, we were both like, what is happening? Because we both felt like somebody flipped on a switch. Like, mm -hmm. Our energy was up. We were sleeping better. Um, we just, all of a sudden, we were just feeling better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this was a system where I was going to give it a shot for 30 days and yeah. then sure that I did not get a second shipment in the mail, you know, like had put a thing on my calendar to say, make sure you turn off your auto shipment mm -hmm. at this date. But because I was feeling so incredible and the weight just started coming off, I was like, well, I'm, I really don't want to go a day without having this in my life mm -hmm. right now because I feel so amazing. So, um, so we went through that process. Um, you know, I, I don't know exactly the time frame, but I ended up losing 20 pounds and he ended up losing 30 mm -hmm. and it wasn't just about the weight. It was about the inches. I lost three inches in my freaking rib cage. And I didn't know that I had three inches to lose in my rib cage. I thought, I mean, I'm a pretty small person to start with. I'm five, three and small framed. And so I was like, how in the heck did I have three inches to lose mm -hmm. in my rib cage? But I did. And so my clothes just started falling off and people were noticing how much energy I had and they wanted to feel as good as I did. So I just naturally started sharing with people and said, well, hey, here's, here's what you do. Let's yeah. get you your own box. And, you know, for years, that's how I um, was sharing. It was very much a, a very, 
you know, genuine just love for how I felt and desire for other people to feel as good as I did Mm -hmm. um, and still do. So, um, so yeah, so the, the, the company's name is Isogenics. Mm-hmm. And the more that I dove into the knowledge base of why it was different than some of the other companies out there and some of the other products out there, the more I felt so blessed that it was my first company and first product solution that I ever tried. Mm-hmm. I just felt like the science behind it, the formulations behind it, um, the values of the company, the integrity of what they do and how they run their business was mm-hmm. just something that was very desirable. Sure. Yeah. For me to continue. So, so yeah. So then I just, you know, I kept going cause I was working full time and mm-hmm. business side of it didn't ever really appeal to me. I was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll share with people and if I can get my products paid for then great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know, the kids and I'm eating for free, which is awesome. Um, but then in 2017, my husband and I had this kind of turning point where we had the opportunity to go to London in 2018 for a family vacation, and it was going to be two weeks long. Mm-hmm. And I was the only one with a time off problem. Gotcha. Like everybody else had enough time off, but I did not. So that's when my husband said, well, what if, what if you left your job and tried to, you know, just utilize this business model as your full-time job? What, what could you do with it? And I was like, oh, well. I don't know, but I think I can do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So um, it has been the most incredible personal development journey. I had mm-hmm. no idea what I was getting into with regards to personal development, mm-hmm. but it's been beautiful and, um, and certainly something that has taught me a lot about myself and what I want and how to get it. Um, along the way. So it's just been amazing. And I really love it. And um, it, it, it drove me to start doing things like going to networking groups here in the North area Mm -hmm. and business to business networking kind of groups. And I met a naturopath through one of those groups. And she last year hired me as her strategic accounts executive, which really meant that I was just helping her to grow her network, which was Mm -hmm well-being compass. And so I got to meet all of these amazing practitioners that were doing all of these things that I had never heard of um, in the holistic space Mm -hmm. um, and really broaden my horizons and my mind into what it was that I was doing. So I started learning about all of these different modalities that I had never known of before, like body talk and lifeline. And I heard, had heard of and had experienced Reiki before. Oh, yeah. I had never, you know, some of these other like cranial sacral chiropractic and, yeah. um, uh, you know, IV therapy and all of these cool things that were really doing some amazing things for people. Mm-hmm. Um, it fascinated me. Yeah. And and it, and it made me go, okay, all of this is kind of linked in with good nutrition. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you, if we're looking for the healthiest, happiest lifestyle that we can have, um, yeah. there are other ways to go about it besides medicine. Sure. Yo, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. So started really diving into learning 
these other modalities and what they were about and getting the opportunity to experience some of it, which mm -hmm. was amazing. Um, and unleashing and, and not really fixing, but just uh, adjusting some of the energetic things that had gone on in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and recognizing that that's a big part of what I had missed. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. So through that process of working with this naturopath, she asked me actually to become a holistic, a certified holistic health coach mm -hmm. and suggested an online school for me to do, uh, to use and suggested these five courses. Well, I went ahead and got the five courses. I was like, yes, this is great. This is a wonderful path. Uh, this connects with everything, but she was very uncomfortable with me, uh, sharing isogenics with anybody Sure. just because of the business model. She, she was not comfortable with that. So I respected that and did not in this network, did not share that part of what I did. I shared Broadway fit and then yeah. I had dance fitness class, but it was, it was, I got to a point where I was like, if I can't share the nutritional part of this and the science and everything that goes along with isogenics, then I just don't feel like this is aligned anymore. So yeah. um, I left working with her, but still continued to get my certification. And I'm so glad that I've done that because I have learned that through these classes and courses that I'm taking that isogenics is an amazing tool. Yeah. And for a holistic health, it is an amazing tool. So, and it's going along with everything that I'm learning. Everything I'm learning is saying you need this and you need this and you need this. And I'm going, Oh, well checking the ingredient label. Oh, guess what? That's in what I take every single day. How about mm -hmm. that? Uh, makes a lot of sense. So that's been really great. It also forced me to want to share what I'm learning mm -hmm. about these modalities with other people. So last year I created something called the Frisco Wellness Fair, which was a wonderful, beautiful event. It was an outdoor event at the end of April. And I gathered 27 vendors that were all in the holistic or health and wellness space. Mm -hmm. um, nobody crossed over. So it wasn't like there was seven of us talking about nutrition. Um, I had just gathered a bunch of my friends that I met and um, had this beautiful event and it was wonderful. And then, you know, we were planning on doing the second annual in May of this year. And clearly mm -hmm. that did not happen. So then I said, okay, well, how can I still share this information with people? So I started a YouTube channel yeah. where I'm you know, sort of like you getting that word out about these people that I'm meeting, because if there's someone, you know, even you on the East Coast can have um, sessions with some of the folks that I'm interviewing mm -hmm. um, where you are, because they do their practice through Zoom sometimes. Yeah. So it's really, that's a passion of mine now too, to share what I'm learning, um, yeah. because I think it's very selfish of me to not. Oh, of, of course. And I think, you know, ultimately when you first start the program, it's, it's a selfish thing because you're like, how is this really going to help me? Mm, and oh, there's, yeah. and there's that mindset <clears throat> that even I had when I did it, I was skeptical, but Absolutely. again, I was, there was an energy, there was a body not right in my own mind. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what, how is this even going to help me? So there was that selfishness behind it. But then as 
as I've been on and off of it for now almost four or five years, I notice when I need want to go back on it with my energy mm-hmm. and my and not necessarily I don't necessarily go on it to to lose the weight or to the inches. It's really just that energy and mm-hmm. really getting myself to that next level so I can have a higher productivity throughout my day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I had went um I had went through some health things that nobody could figure out and I we realized it was like panic and anxiety mm-hmm. driven and I couldn't get a hold of it so I started doing things like I became a vegan and then yeah. I let my body to like absorb that idea that I was gonna, that I was becoming a vegan and then I moved to the next step and said, okay, so what else can I do? And it was this mm-hmm. next step with isogenics. And I, I had to allow my body to, to adjust to it. I, and mm-hmm. immediately I was like, oh, this isn't working. But I had to give myself, my body had to say, okay, let's decide how this is going to operate. And every time I go every time I go off it and go back on it, my body understands it a little bit better and it, it's quicker yeah. to adjust to it. Yeah. So I, I, um, I'm especially happy. I actually went off of it at the end of last year and then started back again around February. Mm-hmm. So right before the pandemic happened, mm-hmm. I, I was back on it and I could not have been more happy that it happened at that time right. with the pandemic happening because the stress level of just working from home and not understanding how that was going to operate with the uncertainty of everything else. I was able to like anchor myself, get back on the system and then gave me the energy to start working out again and doing things in my home. Absolutely. And I cannot, uh, gosh, there's so much to unpack with that because the, you know, the, the, just the simple fact that we as an ingredient in our products have adaptogens, Mm -hmm. um, that I've learned through my studies, not just through isogenics, but I've learned through my studies how important those herbs and plants are to help us manage and deal with stress. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Like it's a, it's, I, I cannot stand this term because I think that it's, you know, it's overused, but really is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Really is a game changer. Like the, the, the pure fact that I've had adaptogens in my body every single day throughout this entire pandemic and this process, I truly believe that that is why, one of the main reasons of why I've been able to manage my stress as good as I have. Yeah. Um, and this is coming from a person who used to be on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. All through my 30s, when I had my surgery, they were like, you don't know what you're doing to your body. You need to go on antidepressants. And so seven years of me on and off and on and off and just wrecking my gut and wrecking my life and wrecking my, you know, Mm -hmm. not knowing what I was doing to myself, um, switching, being able to switch to adaptogens instead. uh, Puppies. Puppies. She's not there. Okay. My daughter's upset because her, her friend isn't there to play with. Um, Anyway, to be able to switch to adaptogens as a natural solution has just made a world of difference, Mm -hmm. a world of difference. So, um, and then, you know, as a side note, uh, I have this vision of being able to help 
more performers, yeah. more people in our industry. Um, because right now, gosh, nobody can make any money yeah. being a performer. And so, you know, because this is built in a business model that does allow for you to, for, for somebody to earn a living or mm -hmm. at least pay for their food, which mm -hmm. gosh, you know, everybody has to eat. So in my mind, it's, it's a solution for not only our health and wellness and helping us elevate to a place where we're really taking good care of ourselves mm -hmm. in a really scientifically sound, beautiful way. Mm -hmm. We're also offering this other solution to create and practice even some of these business things that you and I were talking about before about mm -hmm. how to brand yourself and how to market yourself and how to, you know, you can utilize this type of business model mm -hmm. to do those things and to increase your skills as a performer while you're increasing your business mm -hmm. uh, in a network marketing space. So it's just been something that's been very interesting to learn and yeah. to journey through. Um, but yeah, I'm very passionate about helping as many performers as I can right now. For sure. Not Especially only with, with, iso, with Isogenics and this holistic brand, but with Broadway Fit, right? Tell me a little about yeah. that. So Broadway Fit was created as a 100% selfish act of necessity <laughs> <laughs> because I cannot stand the gym. Yeah. And I could not find adult classes, dance classes in my area that I wanted to take. And getting a, a, a membership at a Pilates studio was too expensive. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, so I don't like to do Zumba necessarily. It, it doesn't float my boat. It, it, it does for a lot of people, but for me, it does not. Um, so if I'm going to go work out, or if I'm going to exercise, what do I want? And so what I wanted was a, a dance fitness class that was built more like a jazz class where you have a warm up at the beginning and a cool down at the end and, you know, cardio, so to speak, in the middle. Um, so that's what I did. And I created it with the idea that I would use quote unquote, not Broadway or movie musical music. Mm -hmm. That's my playlist. And so um, that's what I did is I just, I, I just pulled it out and created a, a class where we start with a warm up and we do squats and we do, you know, cardio for a certain amount of dance uh, numbers. And then we go to the floor and we do some ab work and we do some planking and we try to get, you know, that holistic experience in a 45 to 50 minute class. Mm -hmm. And we end with affirmations and child's pose and really kind of center our minds. Um, so I really love the, I love doing the class. And That's good. I, so I created it knowing that if I had to teach it, I would show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. And if I didn't have to pay for it, I would show up. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's where it, 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 that was the genesis of Broadway Fit. And um, I have three different studios that I teach here in my city where I teach the class. And of course, during the pandemic, I went online and was doing live classes as much yeah. as I can. Um, the next step, like I was saying, is to create 
a website where everything's on the up and up and I've crossed my T's and dotted my I's for everything for royalties and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but that people can come on and choose whether they want a beginner class or, you know, an advanced class with maybe some weights. Um, but the, the, the reach is much bigger than I thought originally Mm -hmm. that it was because it is such a beautiful way to connect mind to body. And there's a lot of folks that need a fun class to do that you don't really realize that you're working out. Mm-hmm. And then it's, then the next day you're sore and you're like, what the heck did I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you go, oh, it was probably fit. Um, but it's a lot of fun. But there are, there's an, an older generation of people yes, that there is. have uh, some sort of fitness that is not necessarily what you can find out there. Mm-hmm but that still stimulates their brain, still connects their brain to their body, still allows them to have some cardio movement. Um, and I really believe that, that this is a solution for that. So I'm working with a couple of people with that too, to, to connect to, um, to as many people as I can for it. That's amazing. Um, Stephanie, thank you so much for doing this. It's been incredible just kind of rehashing and learning new things about you. Thank you so, 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 I'm so honored to be a part Aww, of this. Thank so, you so much. So I was, I'm just so glad that you were able to do this and we finally connected mm-hmm. with it. Me too, me too. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. To view additional content, follow E's podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to subscribe and leave comments on the episode wherever this podcast can be found. See you next week.